Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, three, two, one. All right, we are rolling. How about we can just watch basketball? How about we can just watch basketball? Yeah, he must, can't must believe it. He, he's shaking his head. He cannot believe it. Doncic gets in the paint, floats it into Porzingis, knocked out of his hand, saved to Kleba. Kleba back out, Doncic, three-pointer, bang! Luka Doncic from Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Monday morning. We have all of your NBA action from Super Bowl weekend here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Jared Weiss. I am joined, as always, on Monday mornings by my man Mo Dekeel. What's going on, Mo? Oh, not much, man. Good job, Chiefs. We're recording before the before the, the kickoff, but I'm calling. Good job, Chiefs. So we're recording this at 6.28 p.m. Eastern time, literally as Brady and Mahomes are walking up to the coin toss. And uh, I'm going to say good job, her. That was an epic performance there to open up uh, the game with the with the sweet guitar solo and America the Beautiful. I mean, that was, that was pretty sweet. It was nice. It was nice. Okay, so let's talk about hoops here. So before we even jump into that, Want to give props to Jade Hoy, as always, on the ones and twos with us on Monday to make sure that we're sounding nice and pretty. And I want to make sure that you do not miss out on an exclusive in-depth coverage of this NBA season with The Athletic. So subscribe now and save by going to theathletic.com slash daily ding, where you can receive an all-access subscription for just $3.99 a month. And we're going to show you what you get with that subscription, because coming up on today's show, we're doing things a little bit differently for this episode. We had two very interesting news stories pop up on The Athletic this weekend. Uh, First, we had Kevin Durant starting to play in a game on Friday night and then getting pulled from the game because of contact tracing. And KD was not happy about it. And so we had the athletics Brooklyn Nets writer, Alex Schiffer join us on the show. He'll be coming up later as well as Detroit Pistons writer, James Edwards, because he and Chomps broke a big piece of news, which was that Derek Rose has been traded to the New York Knicks. So we'll dive into that later in the show, but first we're going to talk about some games and let's talk about the big game from Sunday, which is the Sacramento. Sacramento Kings upsetting the Los Angeles Clippers in the final game of the day, 113 to 110. De'Aaron Fox with another monster performance, 36 points on 15 for 25 shooting. Tyrese Halliburton continues to lead the charge for rookie of the year. He had 13 points, five for nine shooting, three for four from deep and six times in this one. And Lou Will was finally sweet. He came off the bench for 23 points, went 10 for 10 from the line with five dimes. So let's just go to the end of this game first. We saw Kawhi Leonard making some big plays at the end, but Jared Fox just kept hitting back and the Kings were able to outlast them. Well, I mean, the Kings were just able to continue to answer every time it looked like, okay, now the Clippers are going to win. Okay. Now the Clippers are going to take, Oh no, no, the, the Kings are back. Nope. They're, <laughs> they just, it, every time the Clippers t- threw a punch, the Kings took it and returned it. And that's something, you know, we haven't seen from this Kings team over the year. And Jared to just kind of look at it. 
this has been a monster four games for the Kings. They beat the Nuggets. They beat the Celtics. The Clippers, there's another team I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but they have four solid wins in just this past week going on this win streak. And, you know, it's something that they can kind of build upon. But it was a really impressive game, not just from De'Aaron Fox and, and Halliburton, but, you know, I thought Harrison Barnes, although he didn't shoot well, was still pretty solid defensively. I thought Marvin Bagley was solid. You know, Rashawn Holmes, 10-10, and 10, just being another double-double guy for this team. You know, they're, the Kings are just kind of like clicking right now. What I really love about this Kings team is that we're seeing a lot of great board presence that Rashawn Holmes is rebounding well. Marvin Bagley, he had 10 boards in 21 minutes. Harrison Barnes, while he shot one for seven from the field, he had 12 rebounds. He had the most on the entire team. Uh, And Buddy Heald had nine rebounds. So, I mean, just everybody across the board has really been attacking the glass. They've been really great at creating second chance opportunities. In this game, they had 20 second chance points, which is impressive going up against a team that has Ivica Zubac, who, you know, gets that's pretty much how he lives, right? So, I I think they've, they've been doing a very impressive job on not only running some clean offense, but also giving themselves a chance to kind of clean up for themselves when they make mistakes. Yeah, I think they're just kind of in a good spot. They're a good rebounding team. You know, the one critique I might have is I'd like them to see play a little bit faster and get a little bit more in transition, but that's just, you know, nitpicking at this point. Again, just responded every time, and and that's a big thing. But this is a bigger concern, Jared, for the Clippers. I mean, Patrick Beverly's out. This is the second time a guard has run right all over them. You know, they, they lost to Brooklyn when Kyrie went off and now De'Aaron Fox puts up 36. Like, you know, they're, for all the talk, we talk about the defense for the Clippers and things like that. They're struggling to stop point guards. And I know Paul George didn't play in this game, but in general, it still should have been a very winnable game for this team. I mean, this they're starting Reggie Jackson and Luke Kennard and then Terrence Mann and Lou Williams are their rotation guards. So it's, you know, you're not seeing a lot of names out there that you associate with the league guard defense. It's although, the Kings, Jared. They're playing the Kings, man. The Kangs. No, no, like, no, no. They're, they're playing De'Aaron Fox. That's who they're playing. And De'Aaron Fox is going to tear you apart. And that's becoming a regular thing now. So that's been fun to see. Let's take it back to Saturday Night Live for the Mavs beat the Warriors 134 to 132. Uh, the game before that was a bit of a blowout. So it was, we were hoping that this game would be a little bit more fun. And we had Steph Curry and Luka Doncic combined for 99 points between the two of them. So it was a lot of fun. Steph, he had 57. He's just been absolutely on fire this month. 11 for 19 from deep, 19 for 31 overall. Luka the God, he goes 42 points, 11 assist seven boards he shot 12 for 23 from the field seven for 12 from deep it's rare nowadays that we see Luka Doncic shoot that well this was just like near perfection from two of the elite perimeter playmakers in the league yeah I mean let's start first with Steph you know this is his six 50 point 10 plus three game in NBA history and you know, only two other guys have more than one, and that's Clay Thompson and James Harden. They both done it twice. You know, so uh, fifty point plus ten uh, threes is uh, seems to be a Steph Curry special, and he, and he was just on fire. I mean, you saw that dance, Jared, in the third quarter, that little shoulder dance he did after he hit that one three right by the logo. Like you know, he was cooking and having fun. And then when you look at it for the Mavs, you know, Luca going off and and really not taking several bad threes the way he kind of 
does during the, the, the course of a season. And you saw a much more efficient game from Luka. And this was a big, big win for the Mavs because, like, they're just struggling right now. They they desperately needed this one. Yeah, and it, it, what's funny is that you had Steph playing perfect, like, pretty much perfectly. You had Kent Bazemore coming off the bench with a great 20-point performance. Even Andrew Wiggins shot 9 for 12 in this game. He was fantastic. You had Draymond Green having his second straight 15-assist game. I've I've never it oh and he had six steals and four blocks in this game. I've never heard of a center having back to back fifteen assist games. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Luca's done it or maybe Sabonis did it at some point. Uh, but I mean, you mean Jokic? You mean Jokic has done it? Did, it, did I say Sabonis? You I said Luca. Oh, Luca! There we go. Well, hey, you know you what? Got, you got Luca on your brain, man. You got Luca on your you mind. You know what? One day Luca's going to be playing the five. We're going to be in super small ball eventually. So we'll see. But yeah, Jokic is what I meant. Uh, but you know, we you had just so many great performances from the supporting cast of the Warriors that's really been struggling this year. And it's funny because Dallas has kind of been in the same situation where this team that's kind of devoid of guys that you can really run the offense through besides Luca, they're really counting on everybody else to support him well. And this year, it's kind of been a struggle. But in this game, pretty much everyone except for Tim Hardaway was really clicking, especially Maxi Kleba, who had a huge three that basically sealed the deal for them. Yeah. And, you know, for the Mavs, they've been dealing with COVID for a long time. They they lost four or five of their key rotation guys for long stretches, you know, because of the COVID protocols. I mean, Maxi Kleba, this is, I think, his second or third game back, you know, and he's just kind of getting his win underneath him. I think this was a uh, important run for them. And first, let's go back to Draymond real quick because he did all that and went 0 for 2 from the field. Like, this is <laughs> the thing about Draymond is Draymond can Im- Draymond impacts the game without scoring. That's kind of what makes him so special on both ends of the court. He can just quarterback your offense and get everything going on both ends. But we'd also be remiss a little bit not to mention that, like, Porzingis had a pretty good game. And this is another guy that's been struggling a little bit for for the Mavs and they, they needed another big one from him overall, man, this was just a hell of a fun game. Like, I don't know if you can ask for a better shootout on a Saturday night. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, let's get to the news. We have a few injuries to go over. DeAndre Hunter, he is undergoing meniscus surgery. The second-year wing in Atlanta has had a real big breakout season, so very disappointing to see that happening, especially just with all the injuries they've been dealing with with all their wings this year. So hopefully Atlanta gets fully healthy and we can really see them hit their stride before the playoffs. Uh, The Larry Nance Jr. show has been tremendous this year. He's really been having a great defensive year, but he has a broken finger. He's going 
going to be out for about six weeks. He is yet another guy that was kind of seen as a trade deadline target for a lot of teams looking to upgrade defensively, who is going to be out until the trade deadline. So that's going to be very interesting to monitor. Uh, speaking of those kind of players, Thad Young is uh, at the kind of at the center point of trade talks with the Bulls, although I'm sure a lot of guys on that roster are going to be the center point of trade talks, but we'll have to keep an eye on Thad Young. And you know what? We did have a trade, and it was Derrick Rose going to the New York Knicks to reunite with Tom Thibodeau, playing with Tibbs for the third time now. They played in Chicago to get, or he played four Tibbs in Chicago, played four Tibbs in Minnesota. Now he's going to play for Tibbs in New York. Uh, DSJ is going back to Detroit along with uh, the Charlotte second rounder for this upcoming draft, which is looking to be in the high 30s or low 40s at this point. So we're going to bring on James Edwards, who covers the athletic with us uh, to actually break down the trade that he broke. Him and John Serrania broke the trade. Now we are catching up with the athletics Detroit Pistons writer, James Edwards. Who is reporting with Sean Sarania that the Knicks and Pistons are agreeing to a deal sending D Rose to New York to reunite with the one and only Tibbs for what feels like the fifth time in the last decade, with Dennis Smith Jr. coming back to Detroit and a second round pick, which is still being finalized. So let's start with there. What are you hearing as far as the second round pick that is likely going to be agreed to? And mind you, we are talking on Sunday afternoon, so it is possible that by Monday morning, that's already done. Yeah, no, to go to your Rose and Tips thing, I, has a player ever played for the same coach in three different I, cities? I'd be shocked. I'd be very curious if, about that. If anybody knew that, I'd it be would be shocked. you. Yeah, that's yeah. why I asked you. I feel like you would know that. I wonder, Taj Gibson? Ooh, right. Yeah. Taj. Taj was on all three of those teams. Yep. Yeah. There we go. Um, yeah. But as there far as, go. as far as the pick, I've been told that it's likely it's going to be the, the pick that New York owns of Charlotte's for the 2021 draft, which right now is at 40. Um, there is hope that Detroit can get um, its own 2021 second round pick back, which New York owns that Detroit sent to Philly in 2018 to get Kyrie Thomas in the draft. Um, that trade that Philly has sent has set, has since sent that to New York. Um, so I mean that would be the first. The, it's lining up to be the first pick in the second round. I think that's the hope. Um, but right now, I was told it's very likely that it's going to be the the one that Charlotte that New York owns of Charlotte, which currently is at number forty. So. Derek Rose last year was like a pretty hot commodity at the trade commodity at the trade deadline. Pistons didn't trade him. This year they made a bunch of other moves that kind of seem like it kind of puts them in the treadmill of mediocrity, basically. Um, with you know, like the Mason Plumley signing, you know, like uh, some of the trades that they made, stuff like that. So what exactly like why are they trading him now? And do you feel like this is less return than they would have gotten last year if they had moved him where there's a lot of talk about him being worth a first round pick at last year's deadline? Yeah, um, I, I'd argue like I had heard last year that a deal that was like on the table was like Alex Caruso in a second. Um, so, like, I don't know. Obviously, Alex Caruso's proved to be as of late a, a more useful player than a Dennis Smith Jr. Um, but I don't think that the the offers were as juicy as people think from what I've been able to gather. Um, and I think one thing that gets lost is last year's front office is different than this year's front office to an extent. Troy Weaver's running the show now. He, he's brought in a few of his own guys. Um, and last year's team was pushing for the playoffs until around the deadline. And I think their hope was to bring Rose back 
to to capitalize on him being an expiring contract um, to get him to get even bigger return. Because like I said, I don't think the returns were as juicy as people thought at the time. Um, and then this year, like it's it's complete rebuild mode. Like I know what you're saying, like yeah, they signed Mason Plumley. Um, I mean, they're still the worst team in the league and online to have the top pick get there in, al- <laughs> in almost every game. So, so it worked. It did work out in that regard. Yeah, yeah it, did it did work, work out. out. Um, and I think that they're they're in a position now where they're going to capitalize again. Troy Weaver's calling the shot, so now he's going to capitalize on one of the few assets they do have that isn't a young player or a draft pick. And, and, and try to get something. So as it stands right now, either whether Detroit gets that Charlotte pick or its own pick back, they will have three picks in the right now because they also have Toronto's 2021 second round pick. And that pick currently is 39th. I don't think that'll hold. And I think you'd probably agree with that. Jared Toronto has been kind of on a, on an upward trajectory as of late, but as it stands right now, Detroit has three picks in the top 40. So, but are the Knicks getting in D rows? where is he going to fit into their situation? Yeah. I mean, I'm curious too, because I've loved what I've seen from Emmanuel quickly. I think Alfred Payton's been solid. Um, Derek Rose gives you another scoring punch off the bench. I think for him, um, well, first, uh, if people missed the reporting, Shams and I reported that Detroit and Derek both mutually agreed that a trade would be best. Detroit's rebuilding. They're going to push more toward even more toward the youth youth as the season progresses. And Derek wants to play ball. He wants to, he wants to play. Um, he wants to um, have a chance to help a team that's contending for the playoffs. So I am curious to see how many minutes Tim Tibbs uses him because Dwayne always worked on the, under the assumption that with Derek and his injury history, he could only play up to like 26 minutes a game at most. It was usually around 22, 24 um, and we all know how Tibbs loves to use Derrick Rose whenever he has them. So I'm curious to see how that goes. <laughs> but this is a guy that last year in those limited minutes averaged 18 a game, um, which 18.1, which was the highest since his last year before injury in Chicago um, when he was averaging, obviously, in the 20s. And then this year he's at 14.4 limited minutes again. Killian Hayes was starting at point guard before he got injured. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there's still a scorer in there for sure. Um, his three-point shooting is better than last year's, I believe. Field goal percentage isn't as high. He had a rough start to the year, uh, but in the games he played, he obviously didn't play all this week. But leading up to that, I think his percentages were going up, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, there's still a score in there. He's healthy. He hasn't had any serious injuries since being in Detroit. Um, and New York defensively is is pretty solid. So to add another scoring punch, um, someone Tibbs is familiar with, while also kind of grooming Emmanuel quickly, I, I think that's where Rose can step in and help as the team pushes for either a playoff spot or the or the play in tournament. All right. So then, last question here is: What's the future of the point guard position for the Pistons? Now, is DSJ going to get an opportunity with this team? And then, what happens? I guess when Hayes is healthy and he's ready to go. Yeah. I. I I've, from what I've heard, I don't think DSJ is the, the prize of this trade. I think getting draft capital is what the Pistons wanted most. If, I think the the Knicks did offer DSJ straight up for Rose, and the Pistons weren't interested in that. Um, so, so I think that <laughs> the guy that was going to go to the G League bubble, they offered straight up for Rose. Wow. Yeah, that guy. And I was shocked Detroit didn't take it. <laughs> and they they um so obviously work out work it out, and there's going to be a pick coming back, but. I think it is going to be a bit of a trial run. Um, I don't. I wouldn't bank on him being back here next year. He has a qualifying offer of like seven point six million, about what Derrick Rose makes now. Right now, the Pistons will shave like two million off the books with that trade. Uh, D. Smith is at 
5.6, 5.5 or something, 5.8, and Rose is at 7.7 or whatever. Um, so there, there's going to be um, obviously a trial run. He'll get his opportunities, but DeLon Wright's still there, and he's been playing pretty well. They still have Saban Lee, who they drafted in the second round. And I think when Killian comes back, he's either going to start or he's going to be the backup to DeLon. So, and that's if Killian comes back. So there could be room for Dennis to show what he can do. Maybe he'll be a reclamation project with another opportunity, kind of like how Josh Jackson has been this year. Um, but I, I would be very surprised if DSJ is on the Pistons next year. Hey, Detroit, it's been the home of reclamation projects with Christian Wood, Josh Jackson. So who knows? Maybe DSJ does get, is, uh, finally gets his opportunity. But either way, you'll have to follow along with James Edwards' coverage of the Pistons. Be sure to stay tuned for more reporting from him and Shams Charania on that over on The Athletic. All right, that's enough out of James. Let's go talk to Alex Schiffer now, who's covering the Brooklyn Nets for us. And Schiff, a couple days ago, Kevin Durant was playing on the court, and then all of a sudden he wasn't. And it was a very bizarre situation. So you had a story up on The Athletic titled, Kevin Durant's bizarre exit amid COVID-19 protocols causes plenty of confusion. It's a few days later. It's been a few statements. There's been a few tweets. What is going on? What are the next few days looking like for KD and what just happened? Yeah, the next few days are looking like a lot of time of him in his apartment. Um, to, to kind of give a quick recap of Friday night, the Nets take the floor against the Raptors. As Steve Nash and his staff are walking out onto the floor, he finds out that Kevin Durant cannot start tonight due to contact tracing because someone that he was around had an inconclusive test. All of a sudden, towards the end of the first quarter, with about four minutes left, KD comes out, checks in, first time in his career he's coming off the bench, and then, you know, does decent, you know, has about eight points in 19 minutes. I want to say it was three for seven shooting off the top of my head. Uh, Also had some, some rebounds and assists. And third quarter, during a timeout, you know, KD was also in foul trouble. He had he had four fouls in 19 minutes, and he was nearly had his fifth. Steve Nash challenges the call. He gets it overturned. And a few minutes later in timeout, Kevin Durant's told he's got to go back into contact tracing. Kind of looks stunned if you see the, the camera reaction. Throws his water bottle in frustration. Nets didn't really have a lot of answers after the game. At least Nash didn't. James Harden and, and Joe Harris were pissed. And then we find out last night before their game in Philly that he is in contact tracing and quarantine for a week. Second time this year that's happened to him because that person tested positive. And it was him uh, being in a car with a team employee three separate times to get testing on Friday. And that employee testing positive with him not having a mask, despite Durant having had the virus in March and the antibodies in his system still. Yikes. So, well... All right, that that's bad enough right there. But uh, what the thing that was so confusing is it, they're currently ha- they have him in contact tracing. It sounded like it was to try to determine his level of exposure. It sounds like what you just said. The level of exposure is pretty clear. So I guess is it now that he's just in a quarantine waiting to test enough times to confirm that he didn't get it, and then once he clears that level of what's usually a seven day quarantine, then he's good to come back. Yeah, so he has to test negative through Friday, and then he can head west with the team for their West Coast road trip, which starts in Golden State a week or yeah, yeah, on Saturday. So he, you know, the, the NBA health and safety protocols don't discriminate between those that had the virus and haven't had it. And even though he's again had the virus, has the antibodies, he still has to go through with all this, which is what what seemed to have bothered the players the most when they were talking about it after Friday. 
Yeah. So that's, that's the next question is how do the players react, especially considering this week, the big topic was asking all these guys, how do you feel about playing an all-star game? And here we have someone who's, I assume is going to be an all-star, probably be an all-star starter who all of a sudden is in this you know, contact tracing situation after playing in the game, did any of them reflect on just like the idea that we could be playing an all-star game and suddenly we realize, oh, one of us might be an exposure risk. Yeah, James Harden and Joe Harris both went off in the in Friday night's post game counts. I mean, Harden, Harden's been you know both. I mean, Joe's Joe's been a trooper with with the media having to talk uh, to the Nets beat writers since the team was very irrelevant to now. You know, as a title contender, I mean, he's seen it all. Um, Harden was essentially saying how well you know you've seen teams hold up in their hotels due to contact tracing and, and due to a positive test. And yet here we are still playing when we were all around Kevin. You know, why is he allowed to play and then get pulled off the court? But obviously we would have all been exposed if there was an issue there and nothing's happening with the game. Um, you know, Harden was saying how he, he he didn't give the reason, but I think he implicated money when he said, you know, we all know the reason why they're having an all-star game. And and Joe Harris essentially said, you know, he feels bad for the people that have to play in the All Star game, because I I think it goes back to you know this this season started with a quick turnaround. These guys haven't really had a, a long break in a while, and this was their first chance at that. And now it seems like they're being deprived of that, and it doesn't seem worth it to anybody. I mean, you've seen the Aaron Fox and LeBron's comments, and they were and and Harden and Joe were essentially backing that of like, you know, one is enough going to be enough. Joe's got to be careful. He's been shooting pretty well. He might accidentally shoot his way into an all-star bit if he's not too careful there, especially with KD out. So uh, that will be uh, very interested to see how the story unfolds. Be sure to check out Alex's work on The Athletic. You can sign up for a good deal at theathletic.com slash ding. Alex, thanks as always for joining us. All right, that is going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network because we still have your favorite shows like the Athletic NBA show. We've got No Dunks. We've got House of Strauss, plus over a dozen team-specific shows available from some of your favorite athletic beat writers. And do not forget that if you go follow us on the app, you're going to get notifications for new episodes and you're going to be able to utilize the podcast episode comment section. And if you're not a member of The Athletic, you're in luck because you can get all of our our podcast ad-free, plus some fantastic writing across all major sports, all for a super low price. Get a subscription today at theathletic.com slash daily ding. Never know when these promos end, so you better get there soon. Thank you, as always, for waking up with us, and I'm sure it is not easy for you to do today after the Super Bowl. So, Mo, send them off properly.